Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on steelers.com. Rolling along here on the Steelers Standard, talking OTAs. Tons of storylines coming out from OTAs uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We touched a lot on the quarterback in the last episode, but one thing on the offensive side of the ball that I really wanted to sink our teeth into as well was the shaping of that offensive line. You know, down there at minicamp yesterday, or excuse me, OTAs yesterday, got Jason Cole. He seems very fired up about the opportunity to be here. And, you know, one thing that struck me is he said, you know, I, I can play everywhere on the inside, but I could kind of tell he prefers to play that center spot. And I think if, you know, he had to say any, if he had his say, he would be the starting center, obviously starter, but he would be starting at the center position on this team. Was and it then, you or Wes who asked him, any interest in playing the tackle position? He goes, no, I don't think said, so. I can't play tackle. <laughs> I don't think I can do that. But uh, so you got him there. James Daniels said to reporters yesterday, very candidly, like, right guard, that's me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm right guard. Like, you want to talk about. Who's, you want to talk to the starting right guard for the Pittsburgh Steelers, James Daniels. That's who you talk to. So <laughs> he kind of knows where he's going to be. We kind of know where the tackles are at. I mean, right. Moore had a good rookie season, so you want to just try to build off of that. And then obviously Chooks gets the deal. They invested some more years into Chooks, mm-hmm. kind of proved that you were worth that money and that investment that we gave you. So four out of five, I think, are kind of clear. Like I kind of think I have a very good idea of that. It's left guard it's now left where guard. we kind of have a question mark. I don't know if it's a question mark, though. I think it is because, really? it was, you know, Dotson said he came to OTAs and he found himself in a position battle with Kendrick Green for that spot. And I think that's what's going to play out all the way through the preseason is, is that spot in that position battle. We just talked about how Tomlin creates position battles for the, pur- for the purpose of competition. He doesn't want guys to feel too comfortable, and I feel like – Based off of last year, you remember how there were stories about Dotson being a little lazy? Yes. Maybe that's why. He doesn't want to repeat the he doesn't want to repeat of that. Yeah, I think that could be a good reason why, but I also think that uh Do- I also think that Dotson has just you know, a lot more of an upside, or at least he had a better go of it in the NFL in his rookie than Kendrick year. Green yeah. did. And then he got hurt last year, so it's really kind of hard right. to gauge. But he did come into camp, uh, I believe people said a little, a little into slow. him getting hurt yeah. this season as well. You never know if that's the case or not. But, yeah, I, I look, I think competition is a good thing to have, especially when your line was as bad as it was last year. You know, you don't want to have another scenario where you just kind of hand the positions to everybody but, you know, James Daniels, Mason Cole, those are your two veterans now. So, like, they can handle the job being handed to them because they know it's it's more than that. It's not just a handout. They've earned this, and they're they're the best option for the position. And, you know, Chooks and Dan Moore, there's nothing handed to them. They earned those two spots through their play. And now it's not like Dotson comes in and he had a great rookie season, so he's just left guard incarnate for the rest of time until he decides to retire. Or Kendrick Green, you know, was a lot of hype, started at center, lost the job, but he's still going to find himself starting at center next year, see how he has a go of it. No, like 
Now those two, who I think might be your biggest question marks, have to earn it. And I think that's great. I'm okay with that. Yeah, 100%. Because, you know, again, I said by default, the tackles are taken care of. I'm happy with Dan Moore. I believe Dan Moore truly earned his spot as a starter at the left tackle. Chooks, I guess you could say he earned it over time, but it's not like he went out there and grabbed it. It was kind of the guys he was competing against. He was just obviously the better option. Zach Banner, most is the is the name that comes to mind. Obviously, right when you think about that tackle position battle, Zach Banner, good story, but obviously just wasn't a right fit as a starter. Yep, sad to say because you know he just really got bad luck his first time starting a game and he goes down season opener against the Giants in 2020. That's right, but that's just how you know sometimes you get the short crumbles. Right, exactly. So. I guess I'm okay with Chooks being there. And given the state of the offensive line last year, Tom, where it seemed like there was a position battle at all five spots, I'm very happy that four out of five are seemingly filled in. Right. And especially, too, like you have Dan Moore, who you trust after his rookie year coming in unexpectedly. Chooks has been around for a long time. But the confidence in James Daniels and Mason Cole instills confidence in you. Absolutely, and I'll say, as far as which way I'm leaning, I kind of hope Kevin Dotson comes out in front here. Absolutely. I mean, last year, this time last year, we were saying, at minicamp, we were saying Kevin Dotson is going to be, we, we were going through the roster and saying which guy can elevate his game to a Pro Bowl level, and we were saying, without a doubt, Kevin Dotson's the guy. Yeah, and I think, you know, he was considered, I know he was a middle-round pick, but like, there was a lot of rumbling that he was overlooked by a lot of teams mm-hmm. and that, you know, oh, a guy played for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Like, he's, you know, great, whatever. But he started, like, all four years for mm-hmm. Louisiana. And I, I just think that he has a higher ceiling than Green, especially at that guard spot. And I think that la- uh, two years ago when Kevin Dotson was healthy, he was one of the best rush offensive linemen that they had as far as, you know, creating lanes for the running game. So I hope Dotson wins it, not just, you know, that I hope Kendrick Green gets buried on the bench. I also think he's valuable as far as his position flexibility. Now of he course. Can, now he can take kind of a bit of a backseat somewhat. He can, you know, hone his craft in at center. Really, I think he's comfortable playing guard. He can work a lot at center, learn from Mason Cole, who's mm-hmm. done it a lot in the NFL now. He can, you know, really make that transition to that position a lot easier for him. And also, you know, you have if – Cole, Daniels, or Dotson go down, you know who's the next man up at either one of those spots. So I mm-hmm. like the f- position flexibility from Green. Uh, he didn't play center very well, but at least you know he can give it the old college try, if you will. Uh, Kevin Dotson, I don't think, has that flexibility to jump into the center spot. I, I think no, I he could be left guard or he could be right guard. Well, that's just not what he did, right? In, in college, we, we saw Kendrick Green have that versatility. You saw... Uh, Mason Cole had that versatility. You never got that out of Kevin Dotson. No, you didn't. And that's and not that's a bad okay. thing. Yeah, it's, it's okay. Not, some, players yeah. Don't, some players just aren't able to do that. But that's why it's good that you have him that can just slide in as that de facto, not even, de, sorry, de facto is not the right word, but just your, your guy to be the left guard. And you can have some pieces that you can move around with Mason Cole with Kendrick Green. Yeah, I completely agree with that. And I just like having that flexibility and quality depth on that offensive line. But the one spot that I still worry about as far as that quality depth, I think the interior is really, really solid. But 
I hope Chooks and Dan Moore really get the job done, and I hope they have an incredibly healthy season because if it can't be, you know, just a game here or there for whoever is left tackle, right tackle, number three, I think they've got a pretty big problem because I think they're they're not on the best footing as far as their mm-hmm. two starters are concerned to begin with. If one of those two goes down for a long period of time especially, I think you could be really running uphill as far as your tackle spots are concerned. I think that's still a pretty decent weakness on this team. Yeah, and it's not ideal considering it was a weakness last year and you're not so confident that it was 100% fixed. The offensive line, as we said multiple times, is where games can be won and lost. And we saw the the Steelers lose a couple of games last year because of that. And obviously the priority this offseason going into the draft especially was, hey, we got to attack the offensive line. You got to start to bring in newer pieces, younger pieces. And they did so in free agency, and then that kind of allowed them to not really have to worry about it in the draft, and that's exactly what happened. They did not address the offensive line in the draft, Mm -hmm. but it's not... It's still a concern, but it's not a grave, as grave of a concern as it was this time last year. Last year... I agree with that. Last year, we were really reaching, right? Really grasping at straws and saying, oh, Kendrick Green can easily come in and fill that role left by Marquise Pouncey. No David DeCastro, no worry. Kevin Doss is going to be that Pro Bowl kind of guy. Trey Turner is going to come in and be that veteran leader for this unit. Uh, Zach Banner finally getting to be able to start. And then as time unraveled, Zach Banner loses a step. Trey Turner doesn't take over that leadership role like he wanted him to. Trey Turner, I think, was the most penalized offensive lineman for the Steelers in the entire season. So, really, he wasn't a leader. I mean, he was kind of a loose cannon, if you think about it. He just wasn't able to, to play the game right. the smart way. And then Kendrick Green, I think, was the biggest fumble when it came to that offensive line as a whole. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com. Awards. Turning the page now to the uh, defensive side of the ball, because there's a couple of storylines that I want to touch on there. Um, you know, one that, you know, we can say because the team and players have come out and said it, that step two, it has not been there, which, you know, that's it is optional for a reason. You've heard Tomlin say that mm-hmm. in regards to many people. And there are other guys, Deontay Johnson, who are not there. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You know, as long as the Steelers don't confirm it, we can't really say if they were or if they weren't. But we've heard from players that, to it is not there, mm-hmm. but they've talked to it and that he's in a good place. And that my take on to it is this I, I think that the team, you know, if they kind of were leaning towards or if they have talked to it, which I'm not ruling out that they haven't, you know, behind closed doors, if they thought he wasn't going to come back, they would have been a little more. I know they drafted Liao, but they would have been even more proactive as far as addressing his potential absence. Right. I mean, the they fact drafted... that they drafted Liao and then it's kind of like. You've got Alu Alu Cam, and then Leal is the fourth. Sounds really attractive, and they're kind of happy with that right now. I kind of think, again, reading the tea leaves there, that they think he's going to be back. When the Steelers drafted Isaiah Loudermilk last year as a defensive lineman in, what, the sixth round? I believe it was somewhere later like that. Yes, post-fifth round. Right. 
a lottery kind of round is the term that you use. I think they did that with the hopeful thinking. There was kind of a theme to 2021, a lot of hopeful thinking about that that team, that Stefan Tewitt was going to come back. I don't think that the Steelers would have just not learned from their mistake last year and said, mm-hmm. if we are so sure that he's going to come back, we don't have to worry about it. They would have addressed it. I mean, they don't need to, as you said, disclose what are what conversations Tewitt is having with the team or with his teammates even. If they had a good understanding that he wasn't going to come back this year, Leal, sure, is a good piece, but you would have seen them, them being the Steelers, not pass on, say, Travis Jones in the second round out of UConn, right? And right. they would have... Instead of going, even though I think George Pickens is going to be a great asset to this team, I think Travis Jones probably would have been the pick, right? If, if I think so too. If not, and maybe even more so than that, you could have seen the Steelers maybe trade up a couple of spots to nab uh, what's his name um, From out Georgia? of Georgia, Jordan yeah. Davis, who Jordan went to the Davis, Eagles. who went to the Eagles only what three or four picks before the Steelers. Andy Weidel, you son of a bitch! Right, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Andy Weidel, now it's going to be Brandon Hunt in that position. Yes, I'm glad you actually said that. I meant to bring that up. You showed me that. Uh, breaking news as we're recording this: Brandon Hunt is now expected to join the Eagles in a similar role that Andy Weidel had with them. So I believe it's a VP of scouting or something. Yeah, like I mean that. that he was the head scout here in Pittsburgh, so makes sense. Makes sense, sense. and there. he was obviously considered as a candidate for mm-hmm. one of the either well no one knew it was going to be an assistant GM role as right. well but one of these two roles mm-hmm. GM or assistant GM sad to see him go but obviously the Steelers as the Steelers do think that Wild is the direction to go right and they don't leave themselves hanging no they right. don't and it's kind of it's funny it's kind of like an executive trade like you just right, swapped right. with the team like oh you're going to take it's that not as, it's not it's as like, sexy oh, a job as, opened up in Philly well I'm going to go to Philly and take that job it's not as sexy as you know the uh, Russell Wilson trade to Denver or the Tyreek Hill trade to Miami, but it's still impactful. It's, it's it definitely for years for both to come, of these for, for sure. both of these teams. Yeah. But anyways, getting back to our original point about the defensive line, you would not, and, and kind of similar to this, the Steelers never leave themselves hanging, right? The Steelers said, okay, we're gonna probably lose Brandon Hunt, but we're gonna bring in Weidel. The Steelers were saying last year, or this, sorry, this year, we don't need to go after Jordan Davis or nab Travis Jones out of UConn in the second round because we expect, we really do expect Stefan Tewitt to be there. And we're not going to, if, if the case happens where maybe we get it back but not necessarily as early as we'd like, we're not going to wait until a sixth or seventh round to get an Isaiah Louderick. We're going to go in the fourth round and get what we consider to be a steal in DeMarvin Leal. Like, a lot of people can say in the sixth and fifth and fifth rounds and beyond, oh, this guy could be a steal. This guy could be a steal. The real steals that are actually capable of being steals are the guys taken in the fourth round and earlier. Yeah, no question about it. And I like how you said the Steelers never really put themselves in a bad position. So that's mm-hmm. why I think you can kind of read into them not putting themselves in a bad position here. And then I expect Steph to, to be back. And right. you, you need right. him to be because you need that rush defense to be better. That's the one oh, thing man. I really need to see improved this year if the Steelers want to have any hope. I mean, I mean, how many games did the Steelers lose last year? Because, Or I guess tie because... You can point to that Minnesota Vikings game as 100% being lost because they couldn't yeah. stop the run. What about, I mean, the tie against the Lions. Yeah, they were they down to their second... The run. They were down to their third, second and third string running backs. And he looked like Barry Sanders was out there uh-huh. for the Lions running all the I don't even the know those guys' names. I've completely forgotten who they are. It's but just, they tore it, up the Steelers' yeah. run defense. Like 
a tie and a loss that you can single-handedly point to. Mm-hmm. They're just not being good enough at stopping the run. Like even even what, what did uh, even the Chargers game? Austin Eckler had five touchdowns didn't, that game. Didn't um. Dalvin Cook have close to 200 yards. He had 200 yards in the first half. That's insane. Like 201. That's not not NFL football. That's college football. Like that's that's when you play UMass in the first week of the season. Right. Like that doesn't happen at this level. So it was a bad effort, and that needs to be fixed. That two, it obviously helps with that. Ali Walu coming back obviously helps with that. But another guy that I think helps with that that we also talked to yesterday was Miles Jack, and. I think that guy knows exactly what his role is going to be and, and that he was brought in here. You know, they need a lot of help in that inside linebacking room, but they need a lot of help as far as, you know, stopping those big runs from happening. If they do get through the defensive line, you know, filling in your run gaps and limiting it to just a two or three yard gain, you know. And I think he's, you know, a veteran. Obviously, he's entering his seventh year. He understands exactly what time it is and what, you know, this team is expecting out of him. And, you know, free agency goes both ways. He obviously wanted to come to Pittsburgh, but the Steelers obviously wanted to bring him in for a reason as well, and that, I think, has to be one of the main reasons. Yeah, and, you know, the Joe Schobert experiment didn't work out. But again, it's crazy to me how many times we can recount and and point to ABC saying we were grasping at straws. Like last year, the Joe Schobert thing, yeah, he was a pro bowler, but... He was a Pro Bowler one time over on maybe the worst defense in football in Jacksonville. Now you actually go out to that same team and you get the best defensive player off that team. Like, Miles Jack is worlds better than Joe Schobert, and he's two years younger. So it really fits the bill. Joe Schobert obviously struggled in pass protection and and pass coverage, whereas Miles Jack can help both in that regard and, as you said, the run stopping. Because of his younger age, he's a lot faster to the ball. He has a lot better of a reaction time. I, I think all these narratives that we had last year about saying this piece works here and this piece works here and this piece works there, that was saying it because the the moves were made. The the pieces fell into place, but it wasn't necessarily the right piece. It was just the piece that you put in that position. Now you're actually able to say this is a legitimate starting roster on this team. I agree. And you know, the only real question mark is either to it and if he's going to be there or not, but we can kind of hope and assume that he might be. And then maybe in the cornerback room where you probably have a lot of number twos, but not necessarily a number, number one. one. And it's just an NFL right now where you need to have a legitimate guy out there because these receivers are better than ever. And the passing game is just the way that the league is driven now. That's exactly what teams want to do. They want a 60-40 at the lowest split as far as a pass and run is concerned. That's just the way that the league is played now. And you can have a lot of success playing that way. So it's not going to change anytime soon. So... You know, it's not exactly like they're in dire straits out there because, again, I think they have at least three number twos with Witherspoon, Sutton, and Levi mm-hmm. Wallace. So you're fine there. But, you know, you'd be a little bit more comfortable as far as seeing a complete defensive roster sure. maybe if you had that number one guy out there or at least someone that you can say potentially he could be a number one. I don't know if any right. of those guys potentially can still reach that point. You would hope. I mean, unless like, like Levi would, finds a different gear now that he's in a different spot. Change. I mean, it's possible. Like, I mean, yeah, like, it happens. Levi but. was on a really good defensive team in Buffalo. Maybe now that he comes into Pittsburgh and it's kind of he's the best player. Maybe he takes that as the opportunity to step up. If he is the best player, maybe Witherspoon has. Yeah, it's, it's maybe possible. something clicked with Witherspoon at the end of last season. And you know, the thing with him is you have to want. Like, I think he's going to be on the outside. I think it's going to be him and Levi as your one and your two. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't really you can interchange the one and the two there. It's not really. Side is basically what right. they they are. 
maybe he found something at the end of the year, or I really hope it's not the case, but maybe that was just a random stretch of good play from a guy who just, you know, had a, a hot streak in the middle and you know what mm-hmm. i mean like but but you don't know and i think it's worth the, at know. least the gamble of starting him out there and seeing if hey did something click with this guy it really would help the Steelers if that's the if case if something clicked yeah it really would i mean obviously he had like, what, every picks, team he had like four picks down the stretch last like year like in the last like, like six or yeah, seven games yeah phenomenal. but the the reason why is because you know what and it has nothing to do with either Witherspoon or Levi Wallace it has to do with Cam Sutton because you don't, you know. I think what you like slot. to do yep. with Cam Sutton, you don't want your hand to be forced to say, "Well, Witherspoon just kind of had his five minutes of fame, and you know he's kind of come back to earth, and you're forced to put Cam Sutton because he's just overall better at that on that opposite sideline across the field from Levi Wallace." Because I think you can assume the guy who's got the job locked in is Levi Wallace. Yes. And right. honestly, I think Witherspoon too. Like I think one, I, just I think so. they're kind of. I, 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 I think I, the outsides in the slot are set. Like I, I and then want Pierre to and Lane that. are going to fill in behind. I that. want to believe that. I want to believe it. <laughs> lovely, lovely little tune there. But kind of how it, it may be the similar thing we said about James Pierre last year. The Steelers say they have a guy. They really like James Pierre. Love James Pierre, yeah. And then it didn't really work out. Yeah. So I don't want it to be. Overconfidence. I that's why I'm saying Levi Wallace has starting experience on a really good secondary in Buffalo. That's why I think he's got it locked up. You can't just say based off a six six game window, Akella Witherspoon is going to be the number one or I guess the number two guy across the field from from um Levi Wallace. Yeah, that's fair because also Tomlin wouldn't say that either. It, right. It's all about competition. Even for a guy like Levi. But yeah, sure. On, like you said, I, I I kind of tend to agree. But that, I, like, that's like the he, thing is that you, Levi knows they didn't sign me for putting me not at one of these outside spots. You need, really for the Steelers' benefit, you need Akella Witherspoon to work out as a starting quarterback so that you're not forced to move Camps on into a position that he's just not as good at compared to another position, such as the slot corner. Well, another key figure in that secondary that has been a storyline in OTAs is obviously Minka Fitzpatrick. Whether he's there, whether he's not, I don't know. We're not really allowed to say, and we won't say. But I think what you can expect to happen from Minka Fitzpatrick is really similar to what happens with T.J. Watt last year, which is going to be, you know, he'll be around for training camp, he'll be around for mini camp, but he might not, you know, participate as a full participant. Maybe he does some... Remember last year when we were at training camp, it was T.J. Watt was there, but he would just go off to the side and uh-huh. do his own individual workouts with his own individual coach and then hit the showers. And, you know, he didn't really participate in the team stuff. And but he was as there. far as we can tell, yeah. that was a A-OK scenario right. for the Steelers as well because, hey, you know what time it is, TJ. We don't really need to go mm-hmm. through all this minutiae. And again, like you said, he was there. So, like, he was around it. Like, it wasn't like he was completely off the radar. And, you know, Tomlin, you know, he's looking out there at his defensive training camp, and he's like, ah, man, not getting enough what I want to see from my edges right now. But then he turns around and he sees TJ Watt doing swim moves on the sidelines, and he's like, well, at least I know I got that guy, and Mm -hmm. he's in peak physical condition. And then, of course, the contract happens. He's the highest-paid defensive player in football, and then he he breaks Michael, or he ties Michael Strahan's sack record. Uh, And it really, I don't think it could have paid off any better, right? Like, you give him the most money in football, and he wins deep point and ties the sack record. And you you don't risk him getting injured at any point throughout that process. No. And, you know, yeah, he had his bumps and bruises throughout the year, missed a couple games. But Mm -hmm. for the most part, TJ 
what was available for you. And I know they got blown out again in a playoff game and the defense surrendered a lot of points. It's different this time around because it was Patrick Mahomes in that offense. But T.J. Watt showed up in a playoff game too, baby. Got his first playoff sack. Granted, it was a little later in the game, but scored a touchdown to get the Steelers up. I mean, uh, that was one of the best moments as a Steeler fan, I'd say, in the past couple years when T.J. Watt picked up the fumble oh, yeah. and returned it for a touchdown against the Kansas City Chiefs. That, like, that is the only point of that game that you could you felt a little only bit. time of you that felt game a little hope i mean that put them ahead right yeah the steelers had the lead and they were just dominating on the first couple of possessions they weren't doing really much on offense no, yeah but they were shutting they were. down the defense but that you can only do that for so long and you need if to, your when offense you do it you need to capitalize if your offense just goes three now continuously over and over your then defense a turnover is, your defense is gonna get gassed yeah who was it deontay johnson who had that fumble yeah right. so like and Najee, i believe had a fumble as you're well. you're right his first Najee. career fumble but yeah, it's just it was just it was just a f- phenomenal season from start to finish for him and following up that contract. And now I think Mink is kind of in that same boat. You know, I think we'll see a lot of him doing individual work at training camp while they continue to negotiate. But he's gonna be there. Coaches are gonna be able to see him. They're gonna be able to physically talk to him if they need to. They're gonna know that he's in good shape. They're gonna know that he's ready for the season. And he's not really gonna risk himself getting injured playing in a preseason. But he's game. also he's also not doing the wrong thing by just saying I'm holding out. Right, you remember how everyone they kind used, of outside of Pittsburgh used the word "TJ Watson a holdout," but then everyone in Pittsburgh would say, what hold, do you mean in. It's "Hold It's a hold in. It's yeah, a he's hold there. In. He's at practice. Yeah. He, I mean, he's he's talking to everybody. He's not withholding himself from anything. Yeah, he's not making it seem like, oh, I might not play this year. Like it's like I'm gonna play, but like if you want my services through all of this offseason stuff, give me that contract. Which now I believe we'll see TJ Watt in training camp as a full participant and. Well, yeah, I mean, he got his contract. Yeah, yeah, like, but I wouldn't also hate it if he kind of lays low. Up a little bit. Yeah. I don't think you need to play him more than one preseason no. game. Just, I don't, do, you even, just, do you even need to? Uh, we said that a lot. We said that about a lot of guys You last need to year know too. what's best for your players, but I would probably sit him down and be like, I'll give you three pass rushes in this yeah. preseason game against some and that's live it. action, and then I got to sit you right? down. Right? I mean, yeah, also, one. too, it's like the Steelers have a really easy preseason schedule, right? It's Jacksonville, it's Detroit, and it's one more. Is there such a thing as a tough preseason schedule? Well, I mean, like, I you're, mean, you're playing, playing future grocery baggers in like, but you're also, the third quarter, fourth You're also quarter. playing these bottom-of-the-barrel teams. Like the starters don't like you could, like, think star- about You're it. saying the starters don't. There's no real quarterback that you could see for maybe a couple series that's like, wow, he's good. Exactly. You're. I mean, Lawrence, even if Maybe, but even if you get Trevor Lawrence, you will. It's, you will. He's got to play. I mean, he's not ready to just sit. Sit. You don't think it's like a he's the starter? Let's not. That's the second game too, right? Or is that the third? I'm gonna game? look right now. The preseason schedule is as such. It Seattle's is, first. I know that. And yeah, it's Seattle it's at Jacksonville, Detroit. So You'll yeah, he would, he would play game. that yeah. game. I bet that. I bet the second game's gonna be the new third game. You know what I mean? Right. Where you you the starters dress rehearse. Mm-hmm. So that means it's T.J. Watt up against Trevor Lawrence. Okay, but not, not getting too far off track. No, right, right, right. I think the contract comes in for Minka Fitzpatrick. Kind of, I think we're going to see. You have a hunch. I think it's going to be parallel to what T.J. Watt went through. Right. We're going to go almost all the way to the end of training camp. He's going to kind of hold in, and then they're going to come to the deal. He's probably going to become the highest paid safety in football, and then boom, week one at does Cincinnati. Does he become he's out more? Does he become a higher paid player on average or in total than more so than T.J. 
No, not in total or no. average because the position's just not worth as much money as TJ's position. Yeah, but he uh, will make the seventeen point I mean, five million a year that would put him over Jamal Adams as the highest paid safety in football. Right, and I'm looking also at Jalen Ramsey kind of money. That's a different position though. But it's still he was the highest paid secondary guy until Jamal Adams got his deal in Seattle. I just I think that that's just the way it works, you know. Inflation, yeah, right. markets always rise. It's just Minka's turn until it's the next guy's turn. Exactly. Once it's the next guy's turn, he'll get the bigger contract over mm-hmm. Minka, and it's just that's just the way it works. And you kind of got to pay it. And the Steelers are kind of in a good spot to pay it because Trubisky for two years is very cheap as far as veteran quarterback play is concerned. You're and not Pickett's paying on a rookie Kenny, deal, right? so you've got the money too. Najee's still on his on his rookie deal. Chase Claypool, I believe, is still on his rookie deal. Deontay, I know, is still on his rookie deal. Say you give Minka Fitzpatrick five years at the highest paid safety in football rate, $17.5 million a year, all of Kenny Pickett's rookie deal, including that fifth-year team option with it, is going to be in the frame of Minka's deal there. You know what I mean? So, like, you right. have the money. That That's how you win in the NFL. You get guys on rookie deals, and then you spend money on talented players, and they can mm-hmm. do it now, and... Make us next up. Why not? Yeah, I mean, like, I, I want to sign him. I, I, yeah, right. I don't think you don't want to let him go and then be left in a franchise tag him. I want him for yeah. Four, I want five him for years. good. Yeah. yeah, I want that guy. And, for, at least maybe not for the rest of his career, but in the prime of his years. career, four or five years, right? six years, whatever. I want him. You like want him in the prime of his career. No question about it. I want him and you, T, you him got, and TJ need to be together for as long as possible. You got very lucky that the Dolphins really folded. Or fumbled the ball, and you were able to. You were the team that could take advantage of. You it. snuck in a, a top ten safety secondary pick out of nowhere for right. you know just trading a one, a first a, round a, pick. A, you yeah. essentially traded first round picks. You got a first, he, You picked him in the first round, yeah. and it's time now to sign him. So I, I think that that will get done, and I think that it should get done. That'll do it for this episode of the Steelers Standard. Always appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opperman, and we will talk to you next time. Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com/awards.